Hey, everybody, what is going on? Welcome back once again to a brand new episode of Sweeten Up. I am your host, Jeff Spencer, coming at you from my podcast studio located in the heart of Newtown, Connecticut. Thank you so much for taking some time to join me today. I greatly appreciate it. As always, if you like what you hear on the podcast today, please be sure to subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts so that you never miss a future episode. You can find the podcast on Instagram and Facebook at Sweeten Up Podcast. Also, if you have a suggestion for the podcast, want to write into the show, or would like to be a guest on the podcast down the road, please reach out to us at sweetenuppodcast at gmail.com. My guest on the podcast today is the oh-so-wonderful meteorologist, Matt Scott. Matt Scott is Connecticut's most popular weatherman, previously of WTNH News 8, and joined Fox 61 in 2013, bringing over 20 years of broadcasting experience to the Fox 61 morning news weather team. Originally from New York City, Matt attended the University of Maryland and Mississippi State University. In addition to his work in Connecticut, Matt has worked in West Virginia, Mississippi, Charlotte, and Boston, and has been nominated for Emmy Awards multiple times. We talked about Matt's start in television, his love of game shows, his friendship with the legendary Mark Summers, working at WTNH News 8, his encounter with Alex Trebek, and so much more. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, here he is, my friend, Fox 61's own meteorologist, Matt Scott. Joining me on the podcast today, coming at you live from Eli Cannon's Tap Room on the back patio here in downtown Middletown, Connecticut. I am so super thrilled and honored to be sitting at a table right across from me is a wonderful gentleman. He's currently the meteorologist for Fox 61's morning news team, and he is the wonderful, the great and powerful Matt Scott, oh meteorologist Matt Scott. No, you got to stop How that. are you doing today, I'm Matt? Like I have to hand What's you going on? cash <laughs> now. What's going on, buddy? All great and powerful Oz, maybe, but not me. Absolutely not. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's I'm uh, not bad. Nice to be out and about. Period. You know, given this crazy world that we're in now, where nothing is what it was, you know, six months ago. So just to be out at the fantastic Eli Cannons with you is is a good thing. It's a good no, thing. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean. You know, and speaking of that, speaking of the pandemic, how, how you've been holding up during it? It's been well. It's it, you know nothing is the same. That's for sure. And and you know when there's you know two hundred thousand people dead, you don't want to say oh I'm good. Uh, but it has been you know knock on wood, everybody in my immediate family is healthy. Right. Um, we've been you know wearing masks everywhere. I wear mine to bed just to just to be <laughs> just to be safe. Yeah, extra layer. Uh, exa- you never can be too safe. No. Um, you know, it's taught us a lot of things. It really has. Um, you know, when you when you lose the creature comforts of, of even being able to walk through the aisles of stop and shop any any row you want willy-nilly, you sit there and go, wow, this is this is different. Um, it's true. My kids and I are fine. Uh, I live at home with the with two children uh, where I take care of uh, full time. And, you know, for those first couple months, they were distance learning at home. I was doing the weather from my backyard. I was teaching college classes in the afternoon from my home office. Wow. We never left the house save for uh, runs to the grocery store. And even that felt a little odd. Right. But it gave us a little time to kind of just stop, which in a very strange way, 
I think we all needed to do. I think oh, yeah. life needed to take a pause. Is my life any easier now? No, absolutely not. Right. And, and as a single parent, and any single parent will tell you, you're, you're constantly on the go and juggling and getting stuff done that, that has to get done. You don't get to breathe. But I have um, embraced just kind of just a, a different way of life where you, you really do take a lot of things and, and you go, okay, you know what? That's not important. I don't need to worry about that. Right. So, and again, and I, I can only do that. And this is, by the way, a very long answer, but I no, can only, great. I can only do that because thank God everybody is healthy. Right. When, you know, I, I, you know, being in the news business, we, we hear the stories or we heard them, especially at the beginning where people were being quarantined and, and people who were sick in hospitals couldn't even be near loved ones. And I couldn't even imagine what that was like. Right. So, no, I, I agree. I can't imagine either. It's been, it's been crazy, and and I know some people who have suffered from it. And um, you know, all I could think is, you know, all the best for them. And yes. and and you know, hopefully, pretty soon we can get to a point where we have a better cap on it. Um, I, I who think knows when that will be? But yeah, we're working I, on it. Yeah, I think the world will. I don't know if the world will get back to the way it was. Right. I think we're all going to be looking at life a little differently in, the new in normal, terms yeah. of germs, in terms of, you know, what passes for work where so many of us are working from home, assuming you have a job, which so many people are, are still recuperating and, and recovering from from an economy that has shriveled. Right. Um, so I think we're, we're going to look at things a little differently. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm looking forward to the ticker, t- ticker tape parade yeah. where where they say, okay, we've beat COVID. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It cannot come soon enough. Exactly. No, agreed. And, you know, one place uh, I would really like to start um, is kind of how you got your start was being a meteorologist mm-hmm. and, and working in weather or maybe it'd be journalism. Was that always kind of something that you wanted to do? or Prison. <laughs> no, that's not right. Uh, sounds like a good answer, but no. Um, you know what? I I always wanted to be in television. Okay. And coming out of the womb, I, I I can tell you that my inspirations were always the people on TV, which is a strange thing to say, but I was fascinated with the box in the living room. Gotcha. Uh, moved to Florida when I was very young. Uh, when I was five years old, we were on Long Island, and... We were moved down to Florida in 78, and in 79, there were two hurricanes back-to-back right on, on, the, on the tail of each other, David and Frederick, that were bearing down on South Florida. Wow. And this was obviously before cable, before 24-hour news, and so there were four channels on your box, and every, and every hour, on the hour... All four channels would interrupt programming, and they would go live to the Hurricane Center, and out would come this military guy with a buzz-cut hairdo, and he'd read off where the coordinates are, and he'd say, okay, South Florida's under a tropical storm, a hurricane watch, a warning, what have you. And at six years old, I was scared, and I was hooked. I was fascinated. Wow. Uh, The community, everybody in our little neighborhood that had just moved in because it was a new build-up neighborhood, uh, everyone helped each other, boarding up windows, bringing in patio furniture, uh, battening down the hatches, so to speak, and for two storms that both missed. Wow. They both turned to the north uh, and went, went away. Neither one of them gave us a drop <laughs> of rain. But I was fascinated with hurricanes and fascinated with the weather, and that's what, uh, that's what made me want to go into television I didn't think I was smart enough to be a weatherman because here was this guy with the, with the buzz cut. That was Dr. Neil Frank. And 
I didn't think I had the science ability to be a meteorologist. Gotcha. But I knew I could be on TV, and and I had I was you know broadcasting through high school through grade school. I was doing morning announcements. I was doing everything right. journalistically possible. I was writing for the papers. I was editor of the high school paper. I went into college and I went into radio. Nice. Um, but did not think yeah, still. Yeah, a great voice for her. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, puberty was very good to me. <laughs> and my and my underwear is tight. I'm just kidding. Not wearing any. No, that's not true. I have a pair on. And, and a mask around that too, by nice. the way. Nice. Yeah, just in case. Just in case. Um, I worked for a TV station in college. And I was working for a local version of Regis and Kathy Lee. Oh, okay. And the the female host, uh, Robin Young, she was a dyed-in-the-wool journalist. She was a serious, knew-what-she-was-doing journalist. Gotcha. The guy was a schmuck. The host, <laughs> male host, was there for comic relief. And his background in the last 10 years of his life in TV were he was in radio. Uh, excuse me. He was started in radio, but he, went, he was a weatherman. Gotcha. And he said to me one day, he goes, you should go into weather. And I said, I, I don't know a thing about the science of weather. And he looked at me and he said, neither did I. <laughs> and look how far I got. <laughs> so I started working with the morning meteorologist at this station in, in, in D.C., Channel 9. Oh, wow. And decided that, all right, I thought maybe I should be a weekend weather guy somewhere so I can discover what I was better at doing, news or, or weather. As, it, as fate would have it, I got a job as a chief meteorologist <laughs> in small market West Virginia. Nice. And, I, and somebody came up to me the, the, the afternoon, the first day on the job, they came up to me and said, are you ready for this? It was just an off, you know, just complimentary, are you, how do you feel comment. And I looked at this woman, woman, she was a girl, she was 21. We were all 21, 22 years old. I said, we're about to find out. <laughs> Because if, because if I didn't do well on that 6 o'clock report, I was packing up the truck again and heading back to Washington, D.C. And, and figuring out the next step. Right. But, but as it turns out, I was okay at it. I loved it. Right. And I got good at it. I got a second degree in meteorology. Wow. Um, and discovered that this was going to be my niche, my future. And my gosh, I'm blessed beyond belief to say that 25 years later... I'm still doing it, yeah. which is bizarre. Um, so that, that's how I got into it, and that's how I made it made a career out of it. I, I went from a small town to a bigger town to a bigger town, which is how you had to do it. That's how you, you built your career up. Right. And I've been in Connecticut now for 17, almost 18 years. Yeah. And I'm grateful beyond belief. Yeah. Grateful. You'll never hear me not not show my gratitude for the people who have hired me along the way and, and for, for getting me to Connecticut because I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. Right. And then so, you know, speaking of that, how you're you're in Connecticut and how you have been for a while now, um, you know, you're with Fox 61. You're part of the morning news team. Yes. Um, but before that, you were WTNH. I was. And um, were there any others? Um, here, no. no uh, although here. I worked briefly at News 12. Oh, okay. Um, when I left Channel 8, I, I figured, you know what? I had a good run in TV, and it was time to start doing something else. And I ended up uh, figuring out I wasn't good at anything else. <laughs> God knows I tried. So I was a producer at ABC World News Tonight. Oh, wow. And I worked in Boston for a little while, freelance. Oh, oh cool. And... I was very good at social media as well, that I kept my name out there while I had left Channel 8. Gotcha. And the boss, the big boss at Fox 61 came up to me at a party. I was There was a, a one of the newspapers 
uh, was having a, a party saluting the best in local TV, uh, excuse me, local people for their work in best restaurants, best burger, best meatloaf sandwich, like here at Eli Cannon. Yeah. And I won, I won best Twitterer, best social media guy, and best Instagrammer, because I was keeping tabs on the social media landscape. Right. And the boss at 61 came up to me and said, said to his guys, we got to figure out how to get Matt Scott on our team. And they made me an offer I couldn't refuse. And next thing you know, I was back in TV. And that was seven years ago. So I, w I have been at Fox for almost as long as Channel 8, uh, which is nice. It's the best of both worlds because people still come up to me and say, I, I remember you from, from your days at, at TNH. And now I have a, a, a good following as part of a phenomenal team at Fox 61. Um, the morning show, this, the seven of us who are on the air as anchors and the many, uh, the few reporters we have, the many producers we have, the many behind the scenes, they are a strong, solid, wonderful team. Yeah, now it seems like it. I can it. give you as many compliments for them as you were when you were talking about me as you yeah. were introducing me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, that's great. It's, it seems like it. it looks like you guys have this very cohesive bond. You know what? It's it's everything, in, and not just in television, but I think in any workplace. Right. Um, camaraderie is king. If you are miserable at work, it will show. Yeah. Um, we love each other. We pick on each other. We, we fool around with each other. But the audience knows we love each other, and exactly. we will stand up for each other. Erica, Tim, Maggie, Keith, Margo, Dan, um, what a team. The reporters in the field, everybody, we will protect each other. Yeah. Uh, maybe not Keith, but everybody else. <laughs> Keith is a bit of a weasel. No, I'm kidding. I'm teasing. That's hilarious. No. But, um, you know, are there? Do you, is there a moment... Um, even if it was WTNH or now at Fox 61, is there a moment that was on air that kind of stood out to you, or do you have a special a special broadcast or anything like that that you remember? I have a few. Okay, that's a great question. Um, for the longest time, you, you know, all of us vain TV people, you know, we like to save our clips to to remember moments, and I always used to do that because I I, I wanted to, to just kind of keep a log of these things that I got to do in TV that I wouldn't get to do in any other job. And some of them are fl flip things, like the moment that I was in the ring at, at um, WWE SmackDown, <laughs> uh, where I was climbing in going, please don't trip. Don't don't trip. <laughs> oh not, not, in front, not in front of 10,000 guys. Please don't trip. Oh, my trip. gosh. Yeah. Um, but I've been able to, and, I, and I'm no celebrity stalker, but I've been able to meet a number of big important people some of which i've idolized over the years and some of which have become friends right uh but those are the moments where and, and that sounds silly saying that out loud to you it really does um because i'm not again celebrity is nothing and i don't and people will come up to me and go oh you're a big celebrity no i am not i am a guy who's has a camera in his office <laughs> i you know the, if you're gonna be nice to me wonderful but i'll be nice to you whether you think i'm on a big deal or not sure okay exactly um but i i've been able to go places where i've sat there and said how did i get here right you know whether i'm in the white house press pool for a day or interviewing uh, people that I grew up watching on TV. Um, 
you know, they sent me TNH years and years ago to announce that Yale was going to have uh, Jeopardy's college championship. Oh, wow. Sent me to Los Angeles. Wow. To be with Alex Trebek on the set of Jeopardy and, and, and make that announcement. And... And then I interviewed Trebek. Now, again, I have a background in game shows that, that most people know. And we can talk about that if you want. Sure. But I, growing up, game shows were my thing. And, and I wanted to be a game show host growing up. Okay. Um, but to sit there and interview Alex Trebek, for me, was like the mothership had called me home. Yeah. Um, and when the producers of Jeopardy came up to me after the interview and said, can we get a copy of that? I said, sure, why? And he said, because Alex has done countless interviews, and we've never seen someone having him in the palm of your hand like you did. And that was the best compliment that they could give me. You know, eating out of the palm of my hand. You know, Doesn't that, get that much I, better I than asked, that. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. So stuff like that. You know, I've interviewed politicians and vice presidents and senators. And, wow. And they've all been very nice and sports figures. And I've played golf with some of them. Um, so it's cool. It's a great life that TV has given me. Right. Uh, you know, when my kids and I get to go, and this is going to sound silly, Backstage at Disney on Ice, you know, nice. when 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 my daughter and son get to meet Cinderella or Mickey Mouse, nice. <laughs> it's like yeah. you sit there and you go, "Aha, uh -huh, this is big to them," and it's all because of me, and I'm and I'm glad for that. I really that that makes me happy. That's awesome. And you know, on the other side, are there any parts of what you do that you know can be challenging or difficult, or is it kind of? Yes, depends. Okay. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I'm a meteorologist first. And a journalist second. As a meteorologist, my job is to sometimes be the lighter moment in a half hour of news. Yeah. Think about it. 30 minutes of news, 8 minutes of commercials, Yeah. 22 minutes left. Yeah. Of those 22 minutes, the first block is nothing but, you know, here's the hell that happened in the world last night. Yeah. Corona, the fires, a shooting. Here's and then, breaking news of yeah, fire. Yeah. Here's a shooting. Yep. Here's a corrupt politician. Whatever it is. Right. Here's how you're going. In, in health, here's how you're going to die now. And it's and, and then they go, okay, now here's the weather. And I'm expected to be a little happier. Hey. And to be a little, exactly. A little <laughs> jovial. Hey, everybody. I don't always get to do that when there's severe weather, obviously. But right. it does make my job a little easier. Now, I mentioned I'm a meteorologist first and a journalist second. Right. And because in this day and age in, tel in television news, you have to be versatile. There are times where I'm out here covering today was national. Uh, well, we won't have to. I know there's going to be a couple of days delay. But we were talking about uh, when we when we recorded this interview, it yeah. was a national coffee day. So right. we're talking about coffee all morning long and, 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 and drinking up Java everywhere we went. But now if there was breaking news somewhere and we were the closest crew, guess what? We're off. And I've covered workplace shootings. Wow. I've covered murders. I've covered fires. I've covered uh, everything under the gun that is just awful. Drownings, missing children. And so uh. you have to, I think maybe the hardest part about my job is putting the jovial on hold and saying, okay, Hear the facts of the story. There are other reporters, I will tell you, that are so much better at doing it, but it gives me, pleasure is not the right word, but it gives me a little grace to say, I can give you a news story if I needed to. Is that the hardest part of my job? Yeah, it is. Because it's not my strong suit. It's not as, I'm, I could do it. 
I can do it well, right. but it's not what I like to do. Right. No, I hear you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to transition to something else, um, you know, a little more, a little more lighthearted, what, what, um, what exactly is it about Connecticut that you love so much? You know, you've been here for a while. The taxes. What, no, that's <laughs> not right. But, um, but yeah, like, what, what, what would be it for you? I love this place. And I will always, always defend Connecticut. Yeah. And a lot of that comes from having lived in places that I was not as thrilled about. I, you know, I, as I mentioned, I started my career in West Virginia. West Virginia is lovely for outdoors. I don't want to live in West Virginia. I moved to Mississippi. Mississippi is... Is West Virginia where you grew up? or No, 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 no. I, oh. I was born in New York and grew up in South Florida. Gotcha. Um, but, you, again, you had to go to small markets to get your TV experience. Of course. Somebody offers you a job, you went. That was it. You didn't go, oh, I don't know about this. Yeah. You went. You went, yeah. Because you didn't know if there was going to be another opportunity. Um, so West Virginia was fine to live in for two years, but I wasn't going to stay there. Right. I moved from there to Jackson, Mississippi. Uh, I didn't want to live in Jackson, Mississippi, but they offered me a good, solid job and with decent pay that I felt like at, you know, back in 1997, I was doing fine. <laughs> right. And I couldn't get out of Mississippi fast enough, thinking, oh, I'll be here for two years. It took me four. Uh, four years to get out of Mississippi. From there, I left there, and I went to Charlotte, North Carolina. So I'm finally in a major city. Right. A great city. Oh, this is great. I, <laughs> I love this city. The restaurants are great. The scenery is fine. I love Charlotte. I got blown out in two years. Oh, man. I got blown out by a new, they changed management, and they came in and said, get rid of that weather guy. Uh, we want somebody goofy and funny and jo- and and more than what I was giving. And that's the nature of the business. Interesting. I left there, and I got called up here. And I've been here ever since. Nice. So that was, so the, that was a roundabout way of answering your question, what do I like about Connecticut? I've lived in places that I don't want to be. You have to go there to realize how good Connecticut is. Right. Connecticut has everything. The schools are phenomenal. The scenery is phenomenal. The You've got, be, I, where I live, you have beaches a few minutes away. You've got skiing a few minutes away. Nice. You can't do that anywhere else. No. Uh, are the ta- I kid around about the taxes. Are the taxes high? Yes. Yes. But for what you get... I guarantee you it offsets what you would lose if you left Connecticut. Oh, I'm moving to the south. Okay. All right. Good luck to you. Yeah. It's cheaper, yes, but there are a lot of creature comforts up here that you do not get. And right. you realize that quickly. Yeah. And you know better than anyone if you go down south, but you I gotta think that, deal with the weather. But I think that's what that's <laughs> what it comes with. I mean, you know, I know people who started in Omaha, Nebraska or or ended up in Omaha, Nebraska and didn't get any farther in T V. Right. Uh Roswell, New Mexico or um or anywhere like you know, these tiny little towns. Um and they come, they get a shot. Some of them get a shot at bigger. Some of them get to go all the way to New York. Some get to go to network. I love it here. I wouldn't trade this for anything. I've been, I've been dangled jobs outside of Connecticut. I do not want to go. I'm, this is a good place to be. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, and I know recently in one of your broadcasts when you're out, out in the field, out in Connecticut, um, 
uh, I think it was like a week ago or maybe it was two weeks ago, something like that. Time just flies during this 2020. Yes, it I mean, does. During this year, it's Isn't crazy. Isn't it still March? That, what? No. I know. That's, oh, what it feel, that's what it feels like. But um, I know that uh, the smoke from the fires in California made their way over. Yes, and uh, And you noted that. And I'm curious, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, the smoke doesn't bother me. I mean, it's, you know, file it under climate change, which is a real thing. And I will not debate you if you say otherwise, except to say I think you need to read more, right. and not the Internet. Right. Um, yeah, I'm a big believer myself. Right. The scarier part to me is I, I was showing my, my kids a story. We watch CBS News Sunday Morning a lot, which I think oh, is me too. the best news program every Sunday on television full stop yeah they were doing a story about a week and a half ago um, on the fires in in California and how they obliterated towns instantly including one town I don't remember what the name of the town but it came through so fast it torched to a crisp the fire department wow two fire department trucks in this firehouse torched as this building was built, burnt down to its to its cinders, and you look at that and go, "Gosh, the fire department couldn't even get their trucks out fast enough." Right, which gives you a real indication of just how severe this fire is. Right, the idea of fire scares me. On any any day about you know about my house burning up in flames, but to have entire communities, you know, think about you know it's more than the entire state of Connecticut has burned. So what do you do? What can you do? And the answer is not much. Right. Hope for rain is a terrible thing to combat against these fires. Right. Um, so my only hope, and, and, and I think we have in this world gotten a little less uh, sympathetic towards other people. I think, the, I think the world needs a little more empathy. Right. I wish people would... I, 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 I showed this story to my kids to get them to think about what others don't have and right. don't have all of a sudden and to give them the thought that, gosh, you know, the, the things that I have, whether it's the clothes or the toys or the computers, God knows whatever it is, could go away yeah. quickly. And I wanted them to realize that. Whether they did or not, I don't know, but I think the world needs a little more of that lesson. No, I totally agree. And, you know, kind of expanding upon what you were saying about climate change how concerned are you about climate change very um i don't think it's i think the the reason uh, there are detractors against it is because they go oh day to day there's no change this is not a day-to-day -day thing um this is one of those things where 20 years from now the temperature the daily average temperature may be hitting 90 degrees a little more often or maybe the the snowfall amounts we get instead of you know six to eight inches on average maybe eight to ten inches so is that a significant change in our life no right but it is changing yeah and i think for that to happen i think you need to just be a little more responsible and more cognizant of what you're doing to leave this world in a better place. If it means recycling cans, throw the dang things in, in right. a recyclable unit. Right. Um, your carbon footprint is everything. I think you can leave yourself, leave your life better than the way you left it, or just as good. So that's what I hope some people around here would do. I don't expect them to, you know, you know when I was a kid, we, everything was about the ozone. 
Oh, the, the, the spray cans, the aerosol cans are going to kill us all. So what did we do? Well, we, we switched. Right. Your hairspray started to be more of the, the little pump action. And, 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 and I know this because I've invested heavily in hairspray uh, as a TV guy. The, you know, the aerosol cans are big, you know, a lot, used a lot less than for your, for your deodorant. Little things like that. You can make a change. You can realize that, okay, we need to change some things for the better. So. Yeah, no, I I totally agree. I think we could we could do better, and hopefully soon hopefully soon we'll be able to. And you know, speaking of that, it's odd. Tonight is actually the the first presidential debate between uh, President Donald Trump and and um, uh, uh, Joe Biden. And you know, the I'm, commercials are going to be great. It's just like the Super yeah, Bowl. that's what I was waiting gonna, for the Budweiser Clydesdales. That's what I was tonight. thinking. That'll be that's good. what I was hoping for. And um, you know, I'm I'm, I'm just curious, you know. Uh, being that you know you're in, in broadcasting and stuff like that, what what do, what do you think it must be like to be like a moderator during that? No, oh, God, and, there's a job I don't I don't want. Yeah. Um, and what's your thought on the debates overall? I, you know, I think they're necessary. Um, yeah. I, I absolutely, they're absolutely necessary. Uh, I mean, you know, our our two candidates are only going to interact with each other face to face three times. Right. Uh, let's see what they do. Right. Uh, you know, I don't think either one of them is going to say any rhetoric that's going to be any, any different to what they've already been saying. Correct. But I still think them to work on the fly is a good thing. Um, you know, I don't have a dog in the hunt, so I, you know, I can't comment whether or not I think so and so is going to be doing better or worse or, or whatever. Sure. Yeah, I don't know either. Uh, right, and nobody does. Who knows? So I, I hope it's. Um, I hope we get something out of it. I hope we learn something out of it. I, I hope it's not some slugfest where they both trade insults and at the end you yeah, go, like the divisiveness. Oh God, I don't yeah. like either one of them, which is what a lot of people say. Right, right. No, it's it's true. Um, you know, and like we've been saying during this podcast so far, and thank you so much once again for for coming out here at uh, Eli Cannons in Middletown. And um, you know, you've you've been all over doing different like on location areas. Do you have a favorite, or do you not want to? Give, give out. Oh, favorite location? <laughs> favorite what? Favorite town. Or... Favorite town? <laughs> a few favorite towns. Um, I know we like Mystic. I, yes, I do love Mystic. <laughs> Mystic, I, I like. I, I like want to have a bed and breakfast and retire there. Oh, um, me too. Even though I can't cook and I can't clean. Um, <laughs> I can cook all right, but I can't clean for squat. Um, <laughs> I love Essex. Uh, Essex is one of my faves. Glastonbury is hip. Um, the Farmington Valley, I enjoy. Uh, the Shoreline is my my thing. I, I'm more of a Shoreline guy. I always have been. So I I gravitate to the Shore more. I love everything from Guilford through Old Saybrook. Great restaurants there. I love New Haven. I'm a huge New Haven fan. Huge New Haven guy myself. And then everything down in uh, down in Fairfield County, I think, is wonderful. Right. We were talking before we started recording how much we like uh, uh, Ridgefield. You know, oh, yeah, Ridgefield, I love Ridgefield is fantastic. The cake box, wonderful. Yeah, you know, I love you know. Give me give me some Hoodoo Browns barbecue. Oh my day. gosh, so good. Um, so I've I've been very fortunate having a, a lot of friends who are chefs, having hosted a lot of events, Taste of the Nation. Um, I've been able to hang out with a lot of chefs and, and be able to go to their restaurants. Shout out uh, Matt Storch. Uh, Matt Storch our, is our a good friends. friend. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, love him to death. And love what, and, and not because he's a good cook. He's a good guy. Because of what he does in the community. Yeah, he's a good guy. That goes a lot farther than me than, than anything else. I enjoy his food tremendously. Yeah. But he's a good giving guy, and that, that goes is. far with me. He is. And there are a number of chefs like that. Uh, you know, Chris Prosperi at, at Metro Beast. Um 
I love the Welk, Bill Tavy. Love it over there. Yep. Um, thinking about, uh, I was talking to, uh, about Essex. Carlson's Landing is, is great. Give me uh, Arturo Franco Camacho over at the new uh, Camacho Garage and also Shell and Bones. And, uh, the Geron- Engine Room and Mystic. Geronimo's. Love the Engine Room um, and Mystic. Mm. Millwright is a favorite. Um, <laughs> I mean, just there's so many places I couldn't couldn't be begin to begin to tell you. Um, Oko and and the cottage um, down in down in Westport, and I know I'm missing some at this point. Claire's Cornucopia, Claire's Chris, Claire Criscolo. Uh, do I keep going? <laughs> no, no. The place you're good. in Guilford. Uh, you, you, the Grizz in Essex. Man of all tastes. Um, you know, I love uh, S&P Oyster Company. Also, oh, here's another one. Um, uh, Sift at Mystic. Uh, Sift's Bake Shop. You know, these are great. Tyler, I mentioned uh, Millwright's. Tyler Anderson. So there's just the Rock and Chicken. Oh, yeah. In... in, in uh, in Hartford, yep. I've now mentioned just about every place that I love. Carbones, I, mean, I can, there you I can go. hit a whole bunch more. This. See, look at this. Nah. And, and I'm lucky. I've eaten at all of them. That's great. You know, I, and I try to support them when I can because the restaurants have taken it on the chin. Yes. Uh, over the last six months with the pandemic, um, the servers especially. Um, since since the pandemic, I can tell you, the servers who take care of me, I have raised my normal tip of six percent and give them seven seven and a half maybe. If they're really good. <laughs> Listen, I appreciate you coming on. I have a couple more questions for you, and then, you know, we'll wrap. And, and like thank I said, thank you so much. I don't want to waste any more no. uh, of your time. I know no, you're an important guy. You got no, things to do. No, I'm fine. I'm eyeing a sandwich that has come, and I'm like, damn, I'm hungry. And, um, well, anyway, so a couple more things, and one of those is, do you have any influences in broadcasting um, or journalism, um, you know, a few that uh, kind of really speak to you? Many. Like I said, growing up, I wanted to be a game show host. So meeting some game show hosts and was cool but then i met one in particular now i also a little preface here i teach uh classes at university of new haven communication courses oh that's awesome and it's a little side hustle i enjoy being an adjunct professor nice but i teach the students the importance of getting that opportunity to talk to your influences in that there's going to be a time where you're going to be talking to somebody who may be somebody you idolize that you want to work for or work with. And if you got that opportunity that fell in your lap, what would you say? How do you make yourself different? How do you stand out right. to get that gig? Right. The elevator pitch is very important in my curriculum. So, so now with that preface. So about 17 years ago, uh, I grew up watching a, a game show called Double Dare. And Double Dare was the first kids game show on Nickelodeon. Love it. And I grew up watching the guy, a young host by the name of Mark Summers. Oh, I thought yeah. he was a tremendous, tremendous host right out of the gate. He was a new young guy as opposed to the old Bob Barkers and Bill Collins and Wink Martindales. Right. He was this young guy. And about 17, 18 years ago, I saw that Mark Summers was going to be in Boston at an event. And I got in my car and I drove to Boston and he was at Faneuil Hall and I and I, I went up to him I said hi my name is Matt Scott I'd like to talk to you because you know I'm a big fan of yours but more importantly I want to be a game show host and I've got all this experience in TV and I'm kind of looking for a little help he goes talk to me after the show after this thing and I went up to him afterwards he goes come walk with me and I walked with him for about 10 minutes back to his hotel Wow! and that was my elevator pitch wow 
And we talked about the business. We talked about where it was going. We talked about what I wanted to do. We, and he goes, well, give me, and I had a, um, this is a long time ago, I had a videotape with me of my work. <laughs> give me your tape. Give me your resume. And I thought, okay, I'll never see this guy again. <laughs> Called me a week later and offered me advice. And I was floored. And from there, we kept in touch. And Mark became a mentor. And then he became a friend. Mark is one of my closest friends right now. And I love the fact that here's a guy who was an influence growing up, who became a mentor, who became a friend. Wow. 17 years later, I love the man. I would do anything for him. And I've been very fortunate enough to have a few of those that I've, that, that ha, that I've been able to depend on for a little guidance along the way. Tom Bergeron yeah. comes to mind. Tom and I have been friends also for many, many years. Oh, wow. Um, a few others. But I've been lucky enough to meet and talk to my idols. The Alex Trebek story, uh, Pat Sajak, Dick Clark. Um, wow. A lot of these people were the people that I grew up watching. Right. And to talk to them, it's like, holy cow. It's like I said earlier, how did I get here? You ever meet Regis? I know he passed. I've met him. Um, I interviewed him once very briefly. Cool guy. Um, but I went to the Millionaire Studios a couple of times. So, yes, I, I met Regis. Uh, saw him two or three times out and about. Uh, there have been some of them, you know, when you interview celebrities, you remember the good guys and you remember the assholes. Right. Um, and there have been a few of both, unfortunately. Right. Um, but the ones who have, have been good to me, I mean, just just the influence has been tremendous. Um, one of them, uh, another one asked me once, he goes, who's your rabbi? And I thought that was a great question. I went, what do you mean, who's my rabbi? He's at the <laughs> temple. No, no, no. I mean, who's the guy you go to for, for, for influencing? And I thought about that for a second. I thought it's Mark. It really is. Mark has been that guy for guidance all, all along. Right. I love him to death, and I would do anything for him. That's so cool. Yeah. Wow, that's really cool. That's a great story. Um, one other thing. What do you? Uh, what's the secret behind the hair? You have great hair. <laughs> because, and, and, and you know what? You know, and uh, the reason I mention that is because um, when I told some of my friends, I'm like, yeah, Matt Scott's coming on my podcast. They go, Matt Scott, that sounds familiar. I'm like, yeah, he's the, the morning weather guy for Fox 61. He was on WTNH, and they'll go, Matt Scott. And then I'll just be like, hold on. And I'll show him a picture and I'll be like, oh, yeah, that guy, he's got that incredible hair. And I'm just like, I'm like, <laughs> I'm yeah. So, like, so glad I have a degree and years of experience. <laughs> so Everybody cares about us. Yeah. What about the hair? You're what are the, the, what are the, the secrets? Hair. Tell us. Uh, here's the secret. When you see a, a, an item at the store that says shampoo and conditioner together, it's it's an effing sham. It doesn't work. No. Gotcha. Okay. No. You know what? I've been very lucky. My, my, I have good genes. Uh, thankfully, I'm one of the few guys that isn't going to be losing his hair anytime soon. <laughs> I la I always make the joke it, between my hair and my voice. That's about 95 percent of my career. Gotcha. So I'm lucky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now you have a great voice. As long as I have the hair, I'm good to go. Yeah, no, exactly. Doesn't matter how inaccurate I might be, the hair looks good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and also, so one one thing I've been asking my guests before they leave me is, in New Haven, obviously pizza is king, and we just recently again. Uh, a bunch of places in New Haven won best pizza in the country. One of those, of course, being the number one, Frank Pepe's, um, the clam pizza, which is incredible. But so I'm curious to ask you, out of all the places in New Haven that there are um, to get pizza, do you have a favorite? Because um, that's just something I've been asking. And, you know, the big pick has been Frank Pepe's. So I've been thinking, man, maybe I should get uh, Frank Pepe's. You know, Frank Pepe's uh, 
uh, grandson Pe- here. Pepe's but. and Sally's and absolutely, you know, absolutely, you should talk to them because yeah. Pete's Pete's is you know big business in New Haven. Right. I love I love them both. I don't want to sound diplomatic. Gotcha. I love Pepe's. I love Sally's. I love modern. Modern always. Mm. When I used to live in New Haven, I lived around a corner from Modern, so Modern was our place. Gotcha. Uh, but there's a few others that have come up the pike that have done a really nice job. Uh, Delegna yeah. does a really great job. Delegna's I've great. always been a fan of Bar and their mashed potato pizza. Love Bar. Uh, there's a one or two others. The parties is great. Yeah. Um, uh, so there's there's never you know look pizza in in, in in New Haven especially one of those things where you can't mess it up because if you do you will be run out of town yeah there is no oh they do a mediocre job uh pasta a vest in uh in guilford is good colon daisies in branford does a really nice job gotcha Uh, so there's there's a few of those and that's you know i live down on the shore so those are my go-to places um, but I always feel bad, you know. I know I know Pepe's has expanded across the state a bit, but if you're living up here in in, in, in up in Hartford or even Middletown, Middletown's got Mondo. Yes, does, does a nice job. Uh, but if you live up here, you're missing out because the, no, the pizza capitals are down on the shore. And real quick, what do you love about you like Cannons? Despite it, the besides vibe. everything, it's the vibe. It is strictly the vibe. You come here, and this is this place is dressed up like it's different from everything else. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, it's, it's right. Eli Cannons. It, it, you know, the, the shirts say they've been around since '94. So you think about that. That's 26 years. Yeah. They know what they're doing. Yeah, they win best beer bar in the state every right. year. Right, and there's and a reason for close. Okay, yeah, they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. We were kidding around earlier about going to get a get a uh, Nora uh, the cupcake across the street. Oh yeah. How has Nora's been around so long? Because they do what they do and they do it well, exactly. and they are well known. And I'm probably right behind you. I'll probably end up getting a cupcake yeah. too. Yeah. You know? No, that's, you, again, you can't not. That's the best part about my gig. Exactly. Show me. We go into any town. And there are sandwich places or a burger joint. We were in Chester last week, and I went into a breakfast place that I had never been to. And there were a couple people sitting outside that said, you got to go in and get a sandwich here. <laughs> and it was flipping phenomenal. That's it was a awesome. brisket and egg and cheese. Oh, my gosh. I mean, really? Wow. And it was just good. That's awesome. Uh, you know, we were at a bakery in Niantic. The other, this is the best part of my gig. Yeah. I mean, lately, I'm going around traveling the state, and I get to go into these places. And I always make this comment, and it sounds flip, but it's not. Right. If I knock on your door, chances are you didn't do anything wrong. Right. <laughs> so, you know, here we are going in, going into coffee houses today. Hey, can we come in and do the weather? Right. Sure, Matt, come on in. Yeah. That's the best compliment you can give me. Yeah. That you're not throwing me out on my tail. Exactly. Exactly. No. And and big, you know, huge, huge thank you once again to Eli Cannons for having us uh, having us over here today to do this and letting us do the podcast. Really appreciate it. You're buying um, a sandwich, right? Oh, yeah. Everything's on. <laughs> Everything's on me. And, Excellent. Uh, we'll have another couple. Bring them in. <laughs> so uh, if you're a big craft beer fan, definitely get over to Eli Cannons. And listen, Matt Scott, thank you so much. Uh, weatherman of the uh, Fox 61 Morning News. Appreciate it. Anytime. And wear your dang mask. Huge thanks once again to my guest on the podcast today, meteorologist of the Fox 61 Morning News team, Matt Scott. Such an honor to get to meet you and hang out at such an awesome place as Eli Cannons in Middletown. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom, and I look forward to speaking to you again soon down the road. 
Yet again, another episode of Sweet Enough is in the books. Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe anywhere you get your podcasts. We would greatly appreciate your feedback. As a reminder, you can play the podcast with the help of Alexa or Siri by simply saying, play the podcast Sweeten Up with Jeff Spencer. Thank you as always to my best friends, the guys who make it all possible, post-production and music, Morgan Luzzi, art director, Kurt Vinci, editor and writer, Nick Passacreta, and huge thanks to Devin Sapelli. Next week on the podcast, I will be joined by the great and powerful Rebecca Harriman-Stites. Rebecca Harriman-Stites is a Democratic candidate running for the 106th House District, currently held by Republican Representative Mitch Belinsky. Harriman-Stites is a successful business owner, fundraising professional, nonprofit advocate, community organizer, Newtown Board of Education member, and wrestling mom. Ms. Harriman-Stites has held many leadership roles on the Newtown Board of Education since having been elected in 2015 and re-elected in 2019 by an overwhelming majority. She served as vice chair of the board, chair of the policy committee, and as a member of the district safety and security committee. But until then, you know the deal. Stay safe, stay healthy, love you all. Peace.